and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hey, gang, and welcome to another episode of Careering. I'm so excited to be on today with someone I've known in automotive for years and years and years. And somehow we have not been able to be in person, but we're gonna we're gonna rectify that situation soon. Liz Calloway is on with us today. Hey Liz. Hi, how are you doing? Good. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for I'm coming on. Excited. I have been watching all of your posts and all of my friends come through. I was like, you know what? Let's talk to Lori. This is just, I'm so glad that you're doing something like I this. I love it. Well, we have so much to get into. And you and I were talking about a really fun topic before we hopped on air that will continue. But first I want to say um, you're with Microsoft now. Give us a little bit of idea of who you are. Um, do you have kids? What's your family life look like? And where are you currently working? And what are you doing for your career? Yeah, so I am at Microsoft, but a bit of background. I've been married for almost 16 years now um, and have uh, started our lives as uh, in the Army. And so we were all over. And then uh, when we decided to get out, I walked into a car dealership looking for a job. And they said, yeah, sure. Wow. And that was almost 10 years ago. And I loved it. It was right when, you know, internet and BDCs were a thing where everything's being handled there. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, when we moved to Seattle, uh, work at a startup called OfferUp and, and help launch their autos program and fell right back in love with this industry. And uh, yeah, I recently moved over to Microsoft and doing a bunch of awesome things over there and as product and get to play with puzzles all day. And it's super exciting. But yeah, I've got two wonderful kids and um a, a lot of what we've talked about is just what we're trying to do with them and so I'm excited yeah. to, to have this conversation well me too I mean and let's just jump in because we you and I you know I always ask my guests before I start what really are you passionate about what is it that you want to talk about you know with other women and you brought up a topic we haven't explored before but is very very close to my heart which is how do we um ensure our children and the people at work see our worth and know how hard it is to get to where we are. Because I think one of the things that happens a lot with women and I've seen and you've seen mm-hmm. is we're just kind of used to doing it all. And so we don't pat ourselves on the back enough. So like, I'd love to delve into that a little bit more. Yeah. What is it that made you so passionate about this subject and want to bring it to the show? Yeah. So at the root of everything that I'm doing, it's my kids. You know, I have uh, a almost high schooler boy and a nine-year-old girl who thinks she's 16. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. I feel like it's just going to get so much better. Um, But uh, I've been working since, you know, the little one was two years old. I was super fortunate to be able to stay home with them. But, you know, I was raised by a working mom. I think it's important to see that both parents contribute to the household, whether it's at home or out of the house as I'm in my home office, yeah, Um, you know, and that's always a big thing, but uh, my husband and I have been really big on making sure that the kids know, you know, how hard we work, especially since in this day and age, when we're looking at computers and they're there at school all day, it's like, great, what does mom actually really do? Um, And it is a lot of hard work. So I want to make sure that they know that the things that we've been very fortunate to be able to do afford and everything like that and where we are in our careers is because of how hard we work and what we've done um, for ourselves and making sure that we're actually not only advocating ourselves but championing what we are currently doing and like you said we're so used to just 
here's mom's to-do list of everything that we do. And we don't think about it. We don't think about all the stuff that we do. And it's even worse when you're working outside the house as well. So I'm super passionate about making sure that we're, we're voicing not only our own accomplishments, but our peers, like you've like, whenever there's a big thing going on with our, our women in automotive, it's okay. Let's, let's go raise them up. Let's champion them. Make sure they know. I agree. I, that's really been a nice change within the automotive space that I've seen really in the last five years is just this whole championing of females and really this idea that we all rally around to support one another. So it's not, it's not so much like, look what I'm doing. It's more like, oh my gosh, look what all of these women, these amazing women are doing. Here's what's incredible about this. It's been really great to have this network too. Like when I, I recently moved from sales to product within the last couple of years, which is a mm-hmm. huge jump. Um, yep. And I'm very fortunate that I have not only women in my network that I could say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, but you know, do I need to go get an MBA? And I can call up someone who is a VP of product marketing and say, let me get your opinion on this. And it's so, so nice that you can see uh, a fellow mom, a fellow woman in automotive who just can hear the same things that you're kind of going through. And I don't think I had that 10 years ago when I was selling cars. Right. Well, no, I think that's changed a lot. I think people are much more, women especially, are much more authentic, mm-hmm. right, about their struggles. No one's trying to pretend like it's easy because it's not easy to have a career and raise kids. But I really want to focus in on this idea of you sharing with your kids how hard it's been yeah. and how hard you work because I think almost and I, I fall into this too I almost try to do the opposite of like oh no this is all easy this isn't you know it's okay kids it's okay like yes I work from home and I have this agency but no I've got it all together and I kind of love this idea of like you guys we work really hard mm-hmm. to make this um happen and teaching our children from a very young age that there's nothing wrong with working hard Uh, and that that is the rewards that they're currently experiencing. Cause let's be honest, our kids are experiencing the rewards of our work. Let's look at our vacation plans. Yes. Like the vacations. And we just bought my 16 year old, a car. I mean, we just bought him a Subaru Outback. It's like, guys, come on. Like all of these things are coming from this. So I love this idea that you're coming from that. Not only let's not feel guilty about the fact that we're working while they're home, but let's show them just how hard it's been. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, you know, when they, when I sold cars and a, one of the big reasons I got out of literally selling cars was because I was going to be facing alimony and child support because I never saw my kids. I never really got the benefits of, you know, I worked super hard and it wasn't, it wasn't family friendly. Um, yeah. And so I made that sacrifice in order to, okay, let's, let's change it up. I even got out, went to a medical device for a while and said, let's figure this out. Um, but going to a startup, you know, I worked a lot more hours than my husband did. He jokes all the time. He's an engineer. He gets to play video games and, and watch Netflix while he's doing his job, but it just <laughs> from the outside that he's doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so making sure that we're being very vocal with my kids and, uh, those around us, like here, let me show you everything I do. If it's a problem and we went and figured it out, if it's a new feature we want to do and everything that we kind of talk through, because, Failure is important. It's really, really important for them to realize that it's not easy. Yes. And to show them, especially now where there's a lot of, you know, shortcuts and, and easy things and, you know, Wikipedia, 
um, they get to, to have just a, a very different experience than we did. And we don't want them to think that whatever path they go down, doesn't have to be tech since his, their parents are, um, that there is a lot of hard work in order to accomplish what you want. Uh, yeah. My favorite funny story with my daughter is that um, I'm a big credit card hacker. So I love my lounge access and, and my free miles and everything. And she's gotten very used to it. Um, yeah. and, and she said, we we're sitting in the lounge one day going down to see grandma and grandpa. And I said, do you know that it takes a lot of work for us to get here? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, do you really know like what mom and dad have done in order for us to be able to accomplish these things? Yeah. And Every once in a while, just doing a quick little like check in that this is not normal. This is not just because we wanted to. It is the, we've made it a priority in our lives in order to put certain things first. And that requires hard work and sacrifice and really dedication. So whether it's at our job or bettering ourselves with, you know, uh, learning outside of, of office hours and things like that. Those are things that we make sure that we're showing the kids that we're doing as well as involving them. Okay. I love this. I wish I'd talked to you like 15 years ago, because I still remember, like I went to tea with the mother's day tea with my kids and they had to write a poem about their moms. And one of the pieces was like, one of the lines was I hear, and you know, all the other students in the class had like, I hear you say, I love you. I hear you sing songs. And my son's was, I hear you typing on your computer. I immediately remember this was in first grade. He's now a sophomore. Yeah. But I immediately felt guilt because I was like, oh my gosh, he doesn't feel like he's getting what he needs to for me. But what I should have felt and what I love based on what you're saying is I should have been like, heck yeah, I'm typing on my computer. Like I'm working my bums off to make sure I can come to your mother's day tea, you know, during the middle of the day. So what would you talk to some women who are listening to this going, Oh yeah, I I do need to work on that. What specific things do you kind of show them? Or can you give us any examples of times that you've been like, uh, you know, you gave me the sky lounge, but where maybe you could have felt guilt, but you were like, no, I'm going to break it down for you. Like I'm working really hard. A lot of it is that I'm very, very fortunate that my husband is, is not the traditional 1950s expect his martini ready when he gets home. He's right. very <laughs> hands-on. So we're very fortunate that way. So a great example is when I have to work late or every other week I have a 9 p.m. meeting, which is just because that was when I can align with every team across the globe. Right. They know very well that that's when mom's busy and they know that this is something that I have to do and we talk about why. But then there's also times when I can go take my kid to the orthodontist or we can cut out early and go do something else. But it's important that I show them that we do have balance. Yeah. Um, when I was going into the op, obviously pre-pandemic, we're going in. I worked at a startup. There was pinball machines. There was snacks. You know, So no school days. They got to come with me and oh, not fine. only see what we're doing, but it kind of experience it as well. Uh, but a lot of the times we talk about, okay, here's what's on my plate today. Here's what's going on. Um, you know, let me show you what I'm doing in order to accomplish these things. Yeah. And then in the same you know, vein, my husband's really, really good about making sure he says things about me out loud. I'm great about saying things about him out loud oh. so that it's not just tooting my own horn. It's that they see that, you know, everything is, is important for us to celebrate. Um, but as far as, you know, the mom guilt, that is a, whew, that is a big thing that I don't think any of us are ever going to kind of get over. I have it every single day. I will say it's better for sure. And I think yeah. it kind of helps that the kids are a little older 
Yes, I would agree. I have two teenagers and I, you know, the guilt has kind of started, the more they're like, we literally don't want to hang with you. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, when they were young, they want to be around you all the time. Now I'm the one that's like begging them to hang out with me. Yeah. It's, it's definitely much easier. uh, But I have a picture of my son sitting in the new 2015 Mustang when that first came out because I sold Fords. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, trying to incorporate in that way, but there's a lot when like, I missed trick or treating, I missed uh, Christmas Eve and you know, things like that. Wow. It, yeah. it can be, but I think that was probably more difficult for them to understand. So the mom guilt was much worse then. Yes, I bet. Well, but how beautiful this goes into your story, how beautiful of being authentic to say, look guys, of course, I would much rather be with you during these times, but I have a job and that job affords us these amazing things. And it, sometimes there's things I don't want to do as a part of this job, but I have to, because it's yeah. the way it works. I mean, I, I find that as my kids get older, I'm trying more and more to be more realistic with them about the struggles, not yeah. only around school, or I'm sorry, not only around work, but just about life in general. You know, and not trying to put on that mask of no, no, everything's okay, everything's okay. Yeah. Also, trying, you know, to make sure that they're good citizens and employees when they actually get out into the world and are doing things. Yes. And that it's not just always super easy. Like when I moved from sales to product, there was a lot of, you know, people who didn't know me and didn't see because that's not what I want to put out there. I don't want so much. And I think that's something I'm going to continue working on is, you know, it, it was a struggle. All of the work we had to do, the people you have to talk to. Yes. Networking such a big part of my journey and what I've done, but that's also work. You have to use your words. You have to find the right people. You have to make the right connections and figure out who you can learn from. And in addition yeah. to doing everything else we're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of like, oh, I could just switch from sales to product. That's not a big deal at all. It's like, mm, let me- The big deal. About it, I'll talk about it all day long. Yeah. Well, and I think that I think that transitions beautifully into okay, so we've talked about the kids yeah. and on the family side. On the work side, what do you do? This is an ongoing trend that I've actually found over a lot of these interviews. How do we as women ensure we never want to be like egotistical and talk mm-hmm. about our successes, but unfortunately. Yeah. Men generally don't have the same problem with that. They're happy to talk about as they should be. And so how do we as women cultivate that for ourselves within the work environment? We have to find the one that starts it. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that you have to be the one who has the voice. And if it can't be you, you find your louder friend and you have them champion every little win that you have. Uh, whether it's uh, in your Slack wins channel, every time you close a big deal, you need to be the one who's hyping everyone up. That has yes. never been me, but I will be the one who says, hey, look what so-and-so did, make sure we're saying it loud because it's contagious and you wanna yeah. make sure you're doing that. Then you also find your allies. You know, yep. Whether we're in automotive or tech, these are predominantly male industries, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It means that we find the people who will champion for you. And I've been so, so, so fortunate that majority of my automotive mentors are male. Yes. And the ones who can give me better connections are male and treat me like their daughter and their sister and everything like that. And have been like, you know what? I recognize that you are smart. I recognize that you have talent. Let me connect you with the right people. And because they are more willing to do that. I do have a better career because of that. 
Uh, I think that's so important too, because a lot of people mistakenly think because I lift women up that I may not be as um, supportive of men. And I honestly, John Traver right now is a mentor of mine right now. And he's given so much of his time and resources to help me scale and to really help me get to the next level. And so I, I would second that, that like a lot of the people who have helped get me to the next level are male. Yeah. And our men within the industry who have seen something in me. And, and by the way, guys, this is not a female versus male thing. Oh, Generally, no. when I talk to the people who have mentored me, they say, I saw leadership qualities in you that I wanted to help bring out. And yeah. that can be the case for men or women across an organization. For sure. And I was actually just telling my friend the other day that, so my new team at Microsoft, there are very few women. And mm-hmm. in previous roles, I have felt like the only woman. And I don't know if it quite makes sense. I don't feel like the only woman now. That makes perfect sense because it means you're in an inclusive environment, regardless of whether, regardless of the gender in the room. Exactly. I've been in previous roles where it was assumed that the woman was going to coordinate the baby shower. It was assumed that the woman was passing around uh, the birthday card. I just wrote an article on weaponized uh, or strategic incompetence where you just Eh, you know, she's probably better at it. She'll take care of it. I love that. that so much more on women, but yeah, you're right. The, the men in, in our lives, whether it's professional or personal who are fantastic champions, those are the ones that actually rely on more than other women in order to push us forward. Yes, I would agree. They're going to, for that lack of a better term, they're going to be the ones who can do it. And well, and you're absolutely right. And what I don't mean to interrupt you, but what I am finding is that as we, I like what you were saying that you can go to like the VP of product management. Um, What I'm finding is as I'm moving up the ranks in my career, we as females know uh, stronger and stronger female leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're they're the women that we've all come up in the industry with. So just always remember to then reach your hand back to to do that for the women coming up because I'm in a position right now. And so are you where we do know powerful people, uh, men and women. And so just remember to be kind of that bridge for those younger women coming into the space. Yeah, exactly. And and the other way around too, is uh, when we were in Vegas, there was a a networking get together party, you know, everything where it's they rub elbows and found the rainmaker who knows everybody. Yeah. Um, and I found, you know, uh, a younger salesperson from my former company. I was like, guess what, buddy, you're coming with me. I'm going to go introduce you to people. That's so because great. People do that for me. And yes, he's a man and that's totally fine. But there, that doesn't mean that we can't keep doing this. And if there had been a woman with the same potential, I definitely would have done that too. Um, I feel really fortunate that I have a lot of women who do reach out to me who are younger in their careers who say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this, you know, how do I voice my complaints without sounding like I'm complaining? That's Mm -hmm. not ever something I've heard a man say. Right. They don't worry about it. Yeah. It's (laughs) the, wait, who cares if you're complaining? It is your leader's job to make sure they are hearing your concerns. Um, But a lot of it is, you know, seeing what they're doing now and, and since leaving the company, I hear about things that they've done that I would be like, I'm so proud I would have done that too. And just yes. you know, a bunch of different stuff. And, it, and that is what keeps me like pushing um, and making sure that they're championing for themselves and not taking on all these extra, for lack of a better term, mom tasks that yes. we seem to do and take on too much and then downplay everything that we have contributed to 
the workplace or to yeah. the home or what have you. No, I hear this so often. And I, I, I've heard it a lot in our interviews too, that if you are allowing yourself to be the, if you're just automatically jumping in as like the note taker during the meeting, or as the person that's willing to get the baby shower gifts, mm-hmm. sorry, ladies, but you're putting yourself directly in that position. So yeah. I think part of it is not putting ourselves in that position unwittingly. Yeah. And then also just straight up saying no, if we're asked. <laughs> right. And I think that's one of the things we're all going to have to work on. And then, uh, and I say it all the time and I was reading a, a Reddit post today and it was like an ask women subreddit. So obviously all women asking everything like that is that I have so much guilt about leaving my position because I am the wealth of knowledge. I've been here so long. I can do everything. And I told them when I tell everyone else that they're never going to build you a statue. That's You're right. Replaceable. And if you're getting to the point of burnout, that shouldn't be that you feel like you failed. That should be that your body, your mind is giving you signals that you should start serving yourself a bit more than you are everyone else in your life. Absolutely. I literally just got up a phone call before this interview. I mean, truly had this phone call right beforehand where uh, I had told the client of mine, okay, I'm feeling underwater. There's a lot of stuff we're responsible for right now. Can you please prioritize this list for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I own my own agency. We work with a huge amount of clients and I still, when I feel overwhelmed, it's like, it is our responsibility to step up and say, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And guess what? The person was wonderful. He's like, I can absolutely prioritize this list for you. Let's go through, list out what you have. Let's go through it. And we'll talk about what's most important first. And, you know, it was a half hour call. I could have, I could have been like venting and freaking out and feeling overwhelmed. And within a half hour call, he had reestablished my priorities to where now I'm like, okay, done. I can do all this. No problem in the timeline you need. But can you imagine if you hadn't said anything? One, they would have either assumed that you could handle more. Right. Added more onto it. And then, you know, it just gets so much worse. Or I would have gotten like super grumpy and mean, and they would have been like, what's wrong with Lori today? Like, why do you keep giving me stuff? Because you keep taking it? Like, Yes, exactly right. So I think I love both of the things you're saying about career work. I love the idea of us being an advocate of the other, especially women, and being their voice and being their cheerleaders within the organization. I think that's so important. But then let's not forget being our own cheerleader and, and being okay and brave enough to stand up and say, I'm underwater guys. Like let's, let's go back and figure this out. Yeah. One thing that really helped me as far as cheerleading for myself is that I keep a running list, a spreadsheet of my accomplishments for the week, for the month, for the quarter. So that when I go back and do performance reviews, or I go ask for that raise, or I go ask for a job change, you could say, here's what I did. Here's what I accomplished. Here are the, the metrics that I moved here, are the, whatever it is, so that I can not only tell other people, but I can see for myself like this huge list. Of, and when it, especially when it feels like there's too much. Yes, I love that. In fact, I was on, I think it was with Desi Niaspolo from Google. She keeps a, a, a folder like that. And yeah. it, is, it is also for her um, reviews. But she also said, this is for the days when I don't feel like I'm doing a good job. I'll go look through this folder and just feel so great by the time I'm done going through all the emails. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a great way to just personally kind of pat yourself on the back and say, you're doing a great job. Exactly. Also helped me on the other side when you say, okay, I don't feel like I'm either doing enough or why do I feel so overwhelmed? You go through your list of everything on your plate and you're like, okay, yeah, just like you did. And you actually had to say something about it. Yeah. 
but yeah, yeah. it gets to be we, we just did that as well. My, so Allie, who works with me, we, she finally convinced me to put in a progress, like a process map, because I hate anything that ha is tracking anything. Yeah. I hate it. I'm a creative. And so we finally did it. And she, we were dying laughing. I mean, she's like, okay, can you now see why you're feeling overwhelmed? Because it was like pages and pages and pages of things we were doing for clients. And it really, there's really something about when you put it out in front of you like that, that you're like, yeah. whoa, no yeah. wonder I'm feeling underwater right now. It's super helpful for me when I need to talk to about the kids too, because what's a product manager? They have absolutely no idea. Like, it's, <laughs> And I'll, I'll explain it like six times. And my son's like, okay, like, sure. They're like, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Don't yeah. understand. I get, I get an Xbox for you working at Microsoft. Like that's, that's yeah. all. Yeah. So. And let's be honest. Microsoft is one of the cooler jobs around. So you're like, oh, hey, yeah. like, give me some street cred for working at Microsoft. Yeah. They were ecstatic. At least for my mom's perspective, she couldn't uh, recognize the company name. So, you know, we'll, <laughs> well, Liz, I can't believe it, but we're already at the end of the episode. Oh, this has been great. So much value. Thank you so much for coming on. For women who want to get in touch with you or just anyone who wants to hear more of your wisdom, where can they reach out to find you? LinkedIn's perfect. I am on there all the time. I feel like it's a fantastic tool. And uh, yeah, I'd love to chat if anyone has any questions. Will you be at Digital Dealer in Tampa? Not this time, okay. um, but we'll probably see if we can get to the next one. Okay. Well, one of these days, girl, we're going to be in person. We we're actually going to get off of LinkedIn sure. and meet face-to-face. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on. You have been a delight and I love everything you're saying. So I it's really appreciate it. Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.